Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Let's go back a little bit and talk about Planet Serpo because that has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about tonight. What was that program? Well, sure, yeah, absolutely. It was a it was an interesting it was an interesting event, Serpo, and um, you know you've had Bill Ryan on your show, haven't you? Yes, we sure have. Yeah, Bill knows a lot about Serpo also, and also Kerry Cassidy. Um, it really happened. It actually happened, and um, it was kept under the it was kept under wraps for a long time. But finally, it emerged thanks to the DIA. They had a lot to do with it. It was a program of what transferring back What's and forth. Was it a back and forth transferring program? No, we sent twelve Americans on a, on an alien spaceship to that to that planet in nineteen sixty five. Did they come they back? Stayed, they stayed there for 13 years. Gosh, it reminds me of the ending of that Close Encounters of the Third Kind movie. Remember that right, scene? Right, That's right. Well, that, the movie was about that, actually. Well, 12 left, only seven came back. Five, uh, three of them died, and two, re- two decided to remain there. Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yep. I'm not sure they, I'd... They liked it. I'm not they sure I'd go. There. What's that? That was, a, that was a question I asked uh, at Contact in the Desert this weekend. If you would go on an ET craft one way and not come back, and uh, half of the panelists said they'd uh, not go, the other half said they would. I'm not. Well, I, don't know why anyone would, I don't know why anyone would say that in advance, that they would intend to stay there. Uh, that surprises me, because uh, that's, not, that's unlikely to go to a foreign planet one hasn't even seen. And, and want to stay. Yeah. I want to stay there. But after being there for 13 years, they decided they liked it there. Two of them. Two of them did. And, and where was this planet? What system was it in? In Zeta Reticuli, which is about uh, 39 light years from our sun, our solar system. Isn't that the same planetary system that we think the Barney and Betty Hill case might have uh, originated yes, from? Yes, but it, it's a large system. It's a very large system, and there are many, uh, many planets around that particular sun. Actually... Actually, it's a binary sun. There are two, there are two, two suns there in the reticular system. The, and uh, that's, that's the reason that our people never had any darkness there, because there was always one sun in the sky. So it was always light there when they were there. Close Encounters came out late 70s, I think? Close Encounters came out in, uh, I think it was, uh, 70, 77. Okay. Uh, in, right. Do you think they fed Spielberg some of this information? Absolutely. There's no question whatsoever. He wrote the screenplay in one weekend at the Sherry Netherlands Hotel in New York City. He could not possibly have done that if he didn't have, if he wasn't being fed the information, and he was getting the information from the DIA. Did they give him the information because they wanted to start leaking this out, or or what yes, happened? Yes. Yes, they thought it. They thought it belonged in the public. Uh, that the public had a right to know this because it was an important story, and so the DIA people who uh, who released it uh, wanted it known. And this was the best way they could do it was do it through Spielberg. He had he just made a tremendous uh, hit with uh, Jaws, right? And they thought and they thought he was the right guy for it, and he and he did a great job. Oh, it was a great movie, and people still talk about it today. As a matter of fact, yeah, and that scene where the the twelve twelve people are lined up, there were ten men and two women lined up 
in orange jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. You remember that scene from with, the movie? With their sunglasses on and everything else, sure. Yeah, and they needed strong sunglasses because they knew in advance that the sun was very bright on Serpo. Aha, uh-huh. okay. So they had okay. Special, special sunglasses, and Spielberg brought that out. Len, with, it was an amazing program, uh, both the movie and probably the Project Serpo. Has the project ended, or is it ongoing? No, it did not end. We, we established a, relation, a diplomatic relationship with, those, with that civilization, and there were several other visits back and forth after that. And in, in the case of one visit, which uh, took place at an island in the Pacific, we invited other uh, other countries to attend. We invited China, we invited Russia, and we invited the Vatican. The craft that uh, was used to get us back there, of course, have we ever reversed engineered it? Well, we did. Yes, we did reverse engineer that craft. Um, and as a matter of fact, that was that was the so-called. Um, uh, you, the 1964 craft that landed in northern New Mexico, mm-hmm. Lonnie Zamora was a... Right, the, the one in Socorro. That was the one. That was the one. That was the one that landed at the wrong place. They landed near Socorro they, instead of Holloman Air Force Base. But then they got finally got a message, and they went back to Holloman, and they stayed in orbit while the other one landed. It so was, they actually sent two craft here. It was that case, the Lonnie Zamora case, yes, it, that convinced right. J. Allen Hynek that maybe this is really happening. Well, I think Hynek was the one that said it was the most convincing case that on record. Did yeah. he say that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It changed his whole view. It did, exactly. And because it was a huge egg-shaped craft sitting on the ground on legs, and there were two small... Uh, creatures standing in front of it in white uniforms. And when they realized that they were being observed, they jumped in and took off. Off they went. For for a while, I always thought that that case might have been an experiment with the lunar lander that they had out there somewhere um, because it kind of sounded like it. But, it. but the more I got into it, Len, the more I realized, no, Lonnie Zamora saw something from out of this world. Well, they, that incident occurred on April 24th, 1964, which was the exact date that the aliens had told us they would be coming. That's, that's So true. That's it all cool. coincided. It was absolutely right on target. Len, what kind of propulsion system did they have, and do they have? Well, they had antimatter technology. We know that. But they also knew how to travel through wormholes. And uh, it was a journey that took... It only took them ten months, from one to the one end to the other, so it must have been through it must have been through a wormhole. Wormhole travel is actually instantaneous, but navigating to and from the entrances to the wormholes takes some time, and that's probably how they how they chewed up the other ten the other nine months. I mean, once you go through a wormhole, it's like bending space and time where one end and another end basically touch each other, and you're right, it is instantaneous once they do that. Exactly, and we've now learned, we've now learned that the, the so-called wormholes are really part of a much larger web that permeates the, uh, the, so, the whole solar system. They're like, it's like a spider's web, and once you get into 
the web, then you're through a, you go through a Stargate and you, your travel is instantaneous. Len, when you wrote the book uh, Secret Journey to Planet Serpo, which was back in 2013, I think, how yes, did you come across this story? How did, how did this come to you? Well, I spent two hours in a uh, in a shuttle craft with Bill Ryan, uh-huh. and heard, and I witnessed, and he talked about it the whole the whole trip. Now, when he when he was talking about it, I mean, did you say, Bill, this is way out? Come on now. He wasn't talking directly to me. He was talking to uh, somebody else, and I was over, I was listening to it. Uh-huh. Because, you know, it's a small it's a small um, cab. Sure, and. Uh, he dominated the conversation. I said, and you know, it was it was the level of his conviction that convinced me, because he definitely he definitely believed it, and it made sense to me. And I started doing the research right after that trip. And he had too much detail to just simply make this up. Exactly, and not only that, but once you go to the, the website that was put out there by the uh, DIA, so much information that uh, it's mind-boggling. There were fourteen thousand words in the web on the website, which uh, was created by Bill. Bill created the website, now, so um, that's where all the information comes from. And somehow Carl Sagan, who you know wrote the book Contact, was a, a you know great astronomer on his own. He was somehow consulted about this. Tell me about that. Yes, he was consulted. Yeah, they they consulted him because. Uh, they needed more information about the, the astronomy, all the astronomical details, and he uh, he provided the information, but he could never admit to it because he was uh, too too much involved with uh, the astronomy program at Cornell, and he didn't mm-hmm. want to lose his position by making these making some such a nutty claim. Same so same he, university you went to. Yes, yes, he went to Cornell. He was the head of the astronomy department there. Um, and uh, he was brilliant. He's brilliant, but um, the, the the whole thing was that the people who wrote who wrote the uh, website needed his needed his input. Uh, and uh, but he wrote. He nevertheless he did write about it uh, in fiction in fictional form. He wrote the book Contact. That's right. So that was really his way of releasing the what he knew about. The information, what he knew about the situation. Because publicly, he would always talk about extraterrestrial life out there, but he never admitted publicly that they were here. He kept well, that he to himself. Really. He couldn't. He couldn't really. He, as the head of the astronomy department at an Ivy League university, uh, uh, he probably would have lost his job if he started yeah, talking about things that, like that. That's, that's true. It, uh, so he, he took the wiser course, and uh, nevertheless, he's still become an immortal guy. He's, a, he's really a myth in his own right. Now, the agency that ran this department was created for this? Defense Intelligence Agency? Was was that... The DIA, uh, the DIA was created by President Kennedy in 1962. Okay. He and McNamara, the Secretary of Defense, they had their troubles with the CIA, as you know, as everybody knows. Sure. And Kennedy uh, threatened to break it up into a thousand pieces. I think you know that, right? Mm-hmm. And that may and, have uh, been part of the reason why he was done in. Yes, yes, probably. But that's what motivated him to start the DIA, which was a more comprehensive 
intelligence agency that that took that took into account all of the all of the services, not just the um, Navy or the Air Force or the Army. It was all three combined, and it was mainly concerned with um, foreign foreign intelligence. Who is as as the CIA? The CIA was supposed to be too, but the CIA got more absorbed with local, with uh, domestic intelligence. Exactly. Exactly. Is is there an agency that is still overseeing this kind of project? Well, yeah, the DIA still exists. Still, absolutely. so they're still the, the the watchdogs for this. It's grown. It's grown to be a huge agency. Uh, I think it's even larger than the CIA now. Now the uh, the aliens from Serpo have been called what Ebens? Well, yeah. But, uh, one of our people came up with that term because it stands for extraterrestrial biological entity, and that was a very unimaginative, very unimaginative <laughs> way to call them Ebens, and they got named Ebens, and it stuck. So huh? they're, now, they're still Ebens. How much cooperation has there been, Len, between them and us? A lot of cooperation. We established a diplomatic relationship with them. There were nine, there were nine visits back and forth, and I'm quite convinced, even though I hadn't been reported anywhere, I'm sure that we've now sent um, our own spaceship there. Believe it or not. General, so, uh, generally, when they came here, I remember in Close Encounters, of course, it was uh, way out into the hinterlands in the desert um, by the, you know, some mountain range. Where When they, when they, when they first came here? Yeah. Where did they normally land? They landed at Holloman Air Force Base, uh, right next to the White, White, White Sands Proving Ground. That, that's where they landed, 1965. God, the witnesses must have been amazing, but they're all military people, then I guess. Yeah, they're all military people or government people, and um, they said they would be back. The, the whole trip, the whole exchange program, was really planned ten years earlier, after Roswell, because these were the same entities that crashed at Roswell, same people, and uh, one of the aliens of the crash. I think you know this. Survived and was sent to um, Los Alamos. You know that you know that story, right? Yep, yep. I heard that. And one. he's the one that set up the um, the exchange program. But he said that uh, that his planet was not ready for the exchange program just yet. But they would be in ten years, and uh, that was in 1953, just before he died. And um, that ten year period elapsed in 1964. And Kennedy was notified about it and said, "Sure, go ahead with it." So, are we still are we still exchanging now to this day? I'm sure we are. As a matter of fact, I'm. It's my opinion. I can't. I don't have any evidence for this at all. But I would. I'm very convinced that uh, we probably have a colony on their planet already, a human colony on their planet, because. They they treated us so nicely, and our relationship with them uh, was so great that uh, the fact that two of our people chose to stay there mm-hmm. will give you some inkling of what it must be like. It was uh, it, it must have been great for those guys. They didn't have to work anymore. When, when by now by now we probably have a casino there. <laughs> you never know. Wonder what the odds are in that place. <laughs> <laughs> what else are they gonna do there? You know. That's true. Now, when 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 our 
astronauts came back, those that did come back, were there like glowing stories of what this other planet was like? What did they say? Well, well they were they were um, questioned for a, whole, a solid year. They were kept in uh, they were kept in privacy for a whole year, and uh, that became that's what became the website. All that information, it was actually put into a vault uh, in Washington at the defense at the Defense Intelligence Agency, and uh, it all came out when. Um, when we got this, when we got the whole story. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.